Nerds International proudly presents. Podcast recording to the podcast to the recording to the podcast. The recording. The tabletop to 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 It's on your intro. The musical. you live from a Rad Roach's rectum, it's me, Nick Lambslice. Me, James Pumpkin. And me, Alexis Hunt, aka Flying Slime. <laughs> <laughs> and collectively, we are the, the Tabletop Twats! <laughs> oh man, have we got a, a show for you today? Because High of course, energy. usually this is a show all about pH balance in soil, but today we're talking about RPGs, tabletop RPGs specifically, and we've got the feedback side, we've got what you've been slaying, we've got the main subject, which this time is going to be family games, you know, games you can play with your family <laughs> when, you've got, when you've got, you know, kids around and things like this. Oh yes. Um, obviously last time when we did the family games episode, we notoriously um, tricked you guys and it was all about a sex book. Uh, this time we're not going to do that. We're actually going to talk about family games. Um, and then we've got the Chamber of Challenges, Fireside Tales and the Electro Letters. So it's going to be a pretty packed episode. Oh yeah. Um, obviously people will um, notice that this, this episode should have been a Foreign Beggars episode. <clears throat> but sadly... Uh, we couldn't do that this time. Uh, that is going to be the very next episode. The reason being is because uh, my wife was a little bit ill and uh, I'm actually a carer, so I couldn't do it. I didn't have time to get the episode ready. I don't know why I'm talking in this accent. Um, <laughs> so we've done so, a little switcheroo. Yeah, so unfortunately we had to just get this one ready instead because I didn't have time to do a Foreign Beggars one because those take too long. Yeah. Anyway, without boring stuff out the way, uh, you guys might have noticed that I've changed my name. Uh, that's basically all I'm going to say on the matter. I've changed my name. So let's get on with the episode. Feedback. Feedback side. The 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 feedback section. The feedback section. All right, so we only got one bit of feedback in, and it comes from Terry Hansen, who uh, talked about the last episode where we did a, uh, a episode all about dice. And he says, fantastic episode, gentlemen. Who knew chatting about dice could be so entertaining? You I, did. I knew it would be yeah. really entertaining. Okay. Yeah, of course you did. Um, I especially appreciated the brief history of polyhedral dice, amazing song fight, and... And I won. <laughs> <laughs> How did he write it like that? He actually did. Um, so we did a competition to send in sexy goblin pictures, and he won a copy of Saga of the Goblin Horde, which is on its way to him right now. And he says, even if it was by default, yeah, because he's the only one that actually followed the competition. Uh, He said, I don't care. I have an awesome book. My kids and I are all quite excited by this win. Thanks again, guys. I really hope his kids didn't see the picture he drew. I think think, think they did. (laughs) I think think actually they drew it. Mm. And he's just pretending he did. If that's the case, you better bring that book back. Yeah, because actually, that book back you know, the weird thing is, my PayPal account this morning, this isn't even a joke, had a, pay, had a payment of a fiver um, from Terry, and I don't know why, and so I'm thinking, that that maybe that was a bit of a yeah. shut me up money. Oh, right, it's a brown envelope. Like, don't is. tell the child protection services that I've I've been drawing goblin <laughs> cocks with my kids. <laughs> five, I don't think five pound really that's a violation it. of section 5.3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's going to need a little bit more than a fiver, Terry. Oh, dear. Yeah, yeah. You want to shut us up? <laughs> <laughs> right, well, that's it for feedback this time. So um, we're going to move Freeing. on to what you've been slaying, where that's basically where we sort of talk about what we've been playing. It's actually a really clever it's really pun. really smart. It's though, really it? good. 
Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? So first of all, we um, played a bit of ICRPG. Now this was just a two-part um, mini... You can't really call it a campaign, can you? But it's a two-shot. It was a two-shot. And the whole thing revolved around you guys, um, sort of, you got this mission, you were bounty hunters, and you got this mission to uh, go and get this amazing ramen that only existed on this tiny planetoid somewhere in the galaxy and bring it back to this uh, very rich hotelier. And he (laughs) wanted to sell the ramen in his shop, uh, in his hotel. Now, the real reason that he wanted to send you to this tiny planet is because it was protected by an asteroid belt that basically wipes out any ships that um, that try to get through. Mm-hmm. And by doing so, it meant that he got rid of some bounty hunters. He had a thing. He hated bounty hunters and didn't want them in his hotel. Yeah, because they became illegal some time back as well. He had a, a thing against them. Yeah, he didn't want them in his hotel and it was a bad for his rep and all of this stuff. So essentially, um, that was that was it. But you guys actually managed to get through the asteroid belt, get oh, yes. the ramen, and get out of the asteroid belt. And then you thought, well, we've got the last ramen in the entire galaxy. So what we're going to do is we're going to try and clone it. So you went back to this um, to Solaria, which was like one of your team's like home planet, where he was a wanted man. Um, yeah, the most wanted person. Worst, yeah, exactly. And it, <laughs> In and the history then, of the planet, yeah. Yeah, then you stole um, the Emperor's ship, um, became even more wanted, flew away from there. <laughs> put when, his outfit on, don't Put his crown on, don't forget. Yeah, put his crown on. <laughs> that, it, it was amazing. And then went back to um, a different planet where you went to the most advanced technology um, sort of like university in mm-hmm. the galaxy and cloned it there and yeah, that mate. was but like a very very quick summary of the game but like it was pretty awesome because at the end one of the b- most amazing things you did was that um yeah you cloned the ramen over and over again so that you could have you know the best tasting dish in the galaxy and sell it and become millionaires yeah. and all of this but one of the coolest things that you did was that you also cloned your dead friend's head a thousand times. <laughs> that and, was me. I died. Yeah. And then you poured it into the office of the guy that tried to fuck you over. <laughs> yeah, so the very last heads. thing you did was that, that he, he sort of saw this gigantic ship that would be, used to belong to an emperor of a, an entire planet come up behind his office window. And he's like, what the fuck is that? And then he sees you guys at the helm. And then you just the mouth of the ship opens and it pours in a thousand heads and he's like, no! (laughs) And they were eating uh, bowls of ramen at the time and he's like, what? You found it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then had all the heads. He gets heads. Yeah, so, I mean, ICRPG, um, the way it works is that it's a very, very simple system where everything is always supposed to be turn-based and it's a D20 system, there's no skills, it's only attributes and you have you just add your modifiers to everything and there's a, each scene that you're in always has one difficulty so there's no um changing uh, dcs all the time it's just one difficulty so uh you're in one scene let's say the difficulty is eight you always need to hit an eight mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. everything you do there for mm. everything you do and that you can get pluses and minuses but it's always an eight that you need to hit yeah mm. And all weapons always do uh, D6 damage. And again, you can get gear and stuff that modifies that. But that's basically, it's very, very simple. I loved it. First impressions. Cracking mm-hmm. little game. And very it works amazingly in with the GURPS universe. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I really, really did enjoy it. Um, I found it very, very simple. Uh, w- one of the... Um, it's not necessarily criticism, but um, Nick, just open your bloody drink. <laughs> Thank you. But one of the things I really liked about it was that um, it was um, very fast and quick to play. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't think it had the depth for long-term campaign play. But it de- mean, yeah. certainly had the depth, for, enough depth to play a um, short game, like an up to 10... Maybe like a 10 session game. Yeah, and it was so nostalgic to go back to our really, really rich GURPS universe. Yeah, you know oh, yeah. I mean? that was really, really cool. Because that was a sandbox universe that I made years and years and years ago. And we went back to play there and we did a sandbox game. It was basically yep. you guys do whatever the fuck you want. Um, it was awesome. So nice to see the old map and that. Yeah. And the, the, the highlight of the game for me was space combat and the reason being is because um, ICRPG does a fantastic um, job of making vehicle combat easy mm. the way it works is you have chunks because every single thing in the game its, it's HP is measured in hearts yeah. and each heart represents 10 HP simple so when you want to do a vehicle each part of the vehicle has um, X a, amount of hearts or X half amount. hearts mm-hmm. it, precisely so then if you want to make a vehicle, well, uh, the bigger it is, it, it has more chunks and mm. each chunk has one heart yeah. or half heart, whatever. And so when uh, creating all these spaceships, it was so easy. Um, okay, do a big spaceship. It has a thruster, that's one heart, a cockpit, that's one heart, two guns that each one has one heart. And then you just draw it out on a big bit of paper and then you mark down what each part does. Now, the, the way that it works is that, let's say, for instance, you destroy the thruster um, by doing 10 hearts or 10 HP of damage on the heart, where it's pretty obvious what then happens to the ship. Mm-hmm. It's, mechanically, it's so fucking easy to do vehicle combat, and that, to me, is the highlight. Easiest vehicle in space combat. You could do a mech game in it so fucking easily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. But what, what did you guys... Uh, well, Nick, you've said what you think, but James, did you enjoy it? Yeah, absolutely loved it. I think, yeah, the pacing was great. Um and how we played it and yeah the uses of hearts it was so easy as well because when they're um drawn down on the map um you you can visibly see it already like mm-hmm. you can see oh there's a ship in front of us and we can see the different segments and see the amount of hearts that each has and you know you could just go for the weak point and we did for one of them and we went for the you know the main sort of energy source for it so as soon as that's out then the ship can't do anything else so you know, it, it allowed us a bit of freedom in that instead of just trying to hit it and then get the entire unit down to zero. It mm-hmm. was you could you could pinpoint certain areas to to naff it up um, for the other people against us. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and it actually it made you feel a bit like you were doing proper space combat as well because you were like attack the thrusters yeah, and then yeah. you had yeah. all of these like like different maneuvers you could do like um, that. I won't go into what each one does, but. Um, all of the, the fighters and, and the ships and things like this had different manoeuvres like punch it, lock on, engage, things yeah. like this. So when you were like, right, what do you want to do? If you're piloting the ship, you'd be like, right, I'm going to engage or I'm going to lock on or whatever. Yeah. And things like that made it feel really cool. My one criticism is that um, at low levels, because you the way you level up is via gear, mm. at low levels, um, you, you will never usually kill something in one hit. And I know that sounds stupid. I'll, I'll like, oh, I'm, you, I'm a baby. I love killing things in one hit. But in, in things like AD&D, DCC, uh, Savage Worlds, that is often possible. Mm-hmm. And that should be possible because if you've got a sword, you can stab something in the throat and kill it in one hit. Of course you can. Yeah. And in um, ICRPG, that's hard unless two people concentrate on the same thing because a lot of weapons deal 1d6 damage. 
unless you take like the weapons kit which gives you a plus two and then you pour a couple of points into your weapon effort and things like this um and then you do and then you also get a high roll mm. it's 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 kind of impossible to kill things with efficiency gotcha and yeah. so that that was one of my one of my criticisms unless i'm doing something wrong because i've only played it a couple of times um it's it, there, there is there is there are a few ways to um kind of uh, kill totally things totally wipe something out in one yeah go, but yeah. then you have to level up a little bit before you can that do can that happen, and that's yeah. that's fair that's yeah. fair yeah makes not, sense not all games are, are are like made to be completely brutal from the offset yeah true <laughs> <laughs> but that's just how I like it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ICRPG, check it out, everyone. Definitely. Um, it's a new version now, is that out? Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, that's, that's what we played. Oh, right, that was yeah, version, version two. two. Yeah, yeah version cool. two, mate. It's well sick, and the book mm-hmm. is amazing. So It's really refined as well. Bit enough about that, because yeah. we've been playing the big guns this week. Oh, after, my God. After we started playing ICRPG, um, we, we played that mainly to give Sean a little buffer to get his Fallout campaign ready, because obviously we just wrapped up our Solomon Kane campaign. And Sean, my brother, he's been um, he's been preparing a Fallout campaign for, what, eight months? A fucking forever. <laughs> right? And then and then the ICRPG game wraps up, and, and we're like, all right, Sean, you got your game ready for so, next week. Oh, it's a break next week, isn't it? I'm sure we. Yeah, I thought sure we were on, said we were off. I thought we were having a two-week break. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's, he's break. like, nah. <laughs> he starts. He starts pulling his collar, doing all these faces. That is like, oh. He's just like, no, no, Yowzers. no. The two-week break was ICRPG. Yeah. It was to give us a break uh, from Savage Worlds because then the penny drops. He's done face, but yeah. And he looked so scared. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he's he's like, I don't know if I have it ready. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't it's know. Like, you've been you've been. Uh, this has been going on. He's been collecting bottle caps to use his bennies for the past like six months he's been every time I see him right he's been like oh yeah I'm like what have you been up to he's like I've been down the library drawing maps and he's been like I've been collecting maps I've been on the internet doing research and I'm like how do you not have this ready do you, do you reckon when he went home he sat on like a, a sea of bottle caps but just had a blank, yeah, like, blank paper and was like shit better do something else he opens else his room and then they all fall it's out it's not all bottle like, caps you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's more to it a bottle but yeah it turns out he did have it ready he because, did he was fibbing us wasn't he yeah he's, he's smashed it and uh, yeah. we, we've been playing well, we played our first session of Savage Fallout, so it was session zero. Yeah. And so it was like a bit of character creation, and then we got to play two hours of the actual game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I um, tell you what, session zero is awesome. If mm. you, it, I think it really helps um, in some cases, and I think it re- we really enjoyed session zero quite a lot. Yeah. Well, um, for those uh, people that don't know um, what a session zero is, it's just getting together, creating characters, and then making linked backstories. Doesn't work for every game. For those that have like ridiculously long character creation, it's like it wouldn't work for Fatal, for example. Um, but um, <laughs> but like yeah, we, if you so want to gear up for a long campaign and want like a nice bit of kind of uh, synergy to start with with your group, it helps. Out, really, it? really works. Yeah. So um, to to sort of describe our characters, um, we'll start with. I think we'll save Nick's for last. Um, but D- James, so you first. My, my, my name's uh, Gilead um, uh, Crawford. And, um, oh, sure, yeah. yeah. And basically, I am playing a ghoul, but a vault ghoul. So uh, a ghoul that was um, basically became a ghoul in the vault due to exposure from the outside world. Um, it was previously sort of... Um, kind of like an IT computer guy um, and sort of like doing that and now he's like really really bitter with life <laughs> yeah. because um, he, he has experiments done on him because obviously he's he's a living ghoul that they can uh, do experiments on um, as opposed to getting one from the outside 
Yeah, and, because um, obviously the vaults never open, so hmm. so they they never um, they having one down there and being able to experiment on him is like a hmm. very rare thing. So yeah. I sort of like hate life at a minute. The, the the how it happened was I was performing maintenance on the door, and then I got exposed to. Something went wrong and then uh, that happened to yeah, me. Yeah, wasn't so. it like a tiny pinprick of a hole sort of opened up and just, in the face? Yeah, blasted you. <laughs> blasted me in the face at, uh, at a really bad time. And now you're a non-conformist. And now I'm a ghoul. <laughs> it's quite interesting though because obviously during character creation um, you can get, you know, all the edges and stuff. Um, if you get two hindrances you can take a free edge but it's only for human characters. So I was just, lum- well, I say lumbered but I think it works really well and I'm happy with what I got. But basically, as I'm a ghoul, I just had a list of hindrances and edges that I had to have, and that pretty much is you it. Can, you can still take <laughs> two hindrances and get a free edge, but you you don't oh, get. Oh yeah, the, but I start know. with four hindrances already. Yeah, so you were like, <laughs> you were like, I don't want to have six hindrances right <laughs> yeah. out the gate. Yeah, just get one yeah. other edge. Like I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, because you got like outsider, ugly, yeah. uh, decrepit. It was like, it was like, <laughs> fuck, man. Do I really want to take like another like maybe one arm a lot or like something oh, like this? It was God, like, yeah. I mean, it, it was really funny because we were looking. You look at like the the bit where it lists the hindrances for ghoul, and it's like almost a whole page. It's like ridiculous. I actually misread part of it because I was just like, yeah, I've got that one. And then uh, Lexi was like, yeah, you need this, this, and this. And I was like, what are you talking about? And then yeah. I flipped back to the page. I was like, oh shit, there's like three other paragraphs underneath this that I didn't read. And I was but like, you right. do get fast healer as well because yeah. Yeah, some perks, man. Yeah, yeah. So it, it looks like to be a really interesting t- type of character to play. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I'm playing. Uh, Dana Valentine and she is the vault de- detective so um, essentially what happened is is that her parents used to run um, a, a detective agency down in the vault um, they died under mysterious uh, circumstances essentially due to radiation poisoning now all of the food down there is kept under wraps and, and has no radiation whatsoever so that uh, doesn't make a lot of sense but they died mysteriously one day and they used to use violent means to uh, get um, information out of people down there so um, she took over the vault um, a detective agency after they died and she reports any misdemeanors to the overseer but so, any like yeah. literally any so it's like she's you, super grass oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> if, if you steal a chocolate bar if you've got a um, contraband weapon that you've made or anything yeah. like this if you drop a bit of litter and don't pick it up mm-hmm. oh right. yeah She's on you. Dana on is she's, on you. She's proper Hermione Granger times a million. Yeah. She, she's like, so yeah, um, it's <laughs> really funny. It's always open. It's brilliant. But like um, me and Gilead, uh, James's character, we're best buds because we're yeah. both, we're, we're both outcasts. We're outcasts. But then then Sid, um, Peter's character, who's the vault's mechanic as well, he doesn't really have any friends because he's devoted <laughs> so much to mechanic bullshit. Yeah. And, and he always do does like that. unsociable hours. Mm. Yeah, so he's our mate as well. So we're like the in-betweeners. We don't yeah. have any, um, any mates really. So we we always hang out in the lunchroom together. Ryan's character always bullies us. Yeah. And um, he's extorting you lot. He's yeah, he's a tunnel snake, right? A low level. He's very the, low level the lowest level Yeah, he's snake. the lowest level tunnel snake <laughs> and he's like the bully, right? And he extorts money from us and and he, because we're like the outsiders, he he basically come along and take protection us, money and and, yeah. and like picks on us in the lunchroom. And then because we, we're like outsiders and we get bullied a lot, we need to go to somebody to tell our feelings to. And that is... <laughs> Dr. Feelings. <laughs> Which is Nick's character. My character, yeah. So I'm playing um, uh, uh, originally a Mr. Handy, so Fallout fans will know the, the basic... what. 
run-of-the-mill robot. Yeah, it's like a floating um, robot that, that usually has a singular job. Yeah, exactly. But you have been given two. I've been given a new job, yeah. So when the psychiatrist of the vault died, sadly, um, there was no one to take his place. So they reprogrammed a chef, Mr. Handy, into a makeshift rudimentary psychiatrist <laughs> um, and yes yeah, so that's my new job so I've been in, in like my data files have been updated slightly with some you know human understanding and things like that um, and yeah I, I'm just there to kind of uh, keep the tension in the vault low and if anyone needs to unload any feelings but basically pretty yeah. much all of our characters confide in, in me in yeah. Dr. Feelings yeah so he knows like secrets about us Everybody, and, yeah. and it's, it's so awesome but there was a bit where like because he's got a circular saw that he uses yeah. to cut food and stuff like that this and we got attacked by rad roaches and he's like now entering combat mode <laughs> yeah and it was it was so good and and like he, he when we're like in stressful situations he's like it looks like you need to unload feelings <laughs> please express them <laughs> yeah it's so good it's fun should I book it in the diary yeah oh, yeah he's like shh, shh and there was a bit where and um, where uh, Ryan's character Snide who's who's the tunnel snake was like um being a complete prick to me and like him and I don't get along because I'm the ultimate grass and he's the ultimate naughty boy yeah. and so he, him and I don't get along like we're all about 16, 17 by yeah the way. this is a brilliant part of it yeah and him and I don't get along at all and then I was I, I go out to Dr. Feelings and I was I was like um you're going to need to do a uh, psychic evaluation on him immediately. And you're like, I think he seems lonely. And I'm like, lonely? Him? Nah, Senses no way. Are picking up <laughs> embarrassment. Yeah. One of the funniest things as well is that we've seen um, loads of old American movies, but we only have a TV that doesn't have any sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So we read all the titles wrong and stuff like this. But Ryan's character, Snide, his favourite movie, you know, being a tunnel snake with the grease back hair and the leather jacket, his favourite movie is Grease, but he pronounces it Grisay. Grisay. <laughs> <laughs> and also he, he recites all the songs as if they're poems and we were outside and uh, when we they never, they've the only read the subtitles they've yeah. never heard the sounds he doesn't know what the music sounds like, like get a one that I want oh 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 <laughs> go grease lightning yeah oh yeah <laughs> you're burning up <laughs> no, that's so good. Yeah. Man, what a game. It was so good. It, it had was. it had so much comedy. It had it had intrigue because uh, the overseer's left the the vault in a hurry. We see all his papers like he's he's obviously jammed them into a suitcase we're investigating it. Yep. We ran out then Man roach attack, all all the vault everybody yeah, else is dead or missing. It was a great introduction because it just got the game going. Yeah. And now we yeah. now we're on to session 1. Mm-hmm. It really got going just as we left it as well. But then yeah. um just as we left um, um, we reprogrammed uh, Dr. Feelings as well because he was like, I cannot leave the vault. And then we're like, uh, what's it? Um, uh, James, your character Gil, went up yeah. to him and reprogrammed him using his science ability, which is a new ability in uh, Savage Fallout. Reprogrammed him and was like, beep, boop, 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 boop. Over, uh, what is it? Overseer is in violation. Yeah, um, yeah, because he's he's left the vault. So we now fu- we're trying to track him down to, to fuck him up for leaving yeah. us behind. And my yeah. primary function now is to protect my vault dwellers because they're the only thing that's the only tether left to any of my original programming. So yeah, so it's like a metal bodyguard. I love it. So yeah, that's it. Cool. That's that's sort of where where we're at. We're trying to track down our, our overseer that's left us behind to sort of uh, yeah get him. And yeah. that's that's it. That's all we know so far. Mm-hmm. And we've got a great great group of characters because it's, oh, yeah. it's like they're 
in between is our psychiatrist and the bully that's that's been bullying us. What, what Ryan's explanation for that was was that he secretly wants to be our mate, but has no way of expressing it because he's been a bully his whole life. Exactly. And my favourite bit was when we first found out there had been an attack by the rad roaches. We come walking in, and the actual head tunnel snake—it was his birthday that day—and he's like lifeless corpse was on the floor. And then uh, Ryan come over and just automatically put his jacket on, which was a little bit more cooler, had a bit of stud work on the shoulder. I think there was a bandana wrapped around the arm because he was the leader automatically became the de facto leader and then just coerced poor is it Sid Sid into becoming a tunnel snake yeah and he put his jacket on Pete's character and Pete doesn't really want to be a tunnel snake but he's scared of yeah. Snide yeah. so he keeps yeah. putting his jacket on him and, and then as soon as we got out of the vault Snide goes the tunnel snakes are going international Sid we're going worldwide yeah. <laughs> and he's like you're my right hand man now Sid and he's like oh, just cold and he's like you gotta put the jacket on so yeah it's, it's, it's man good. what a game it's what a game Maybe we should go. That senior warned us about playing RPGs. Why would you listen to him? He's a fucking idiot. Come on, let's play it. After all, what did he say would happen? You want to answer that one, Debbie? Mike said that once we start, we won't want to stop. That's true of eating, drinking, and other things as well. Yeah, but you didn't have to say it in a creepy way. Come on, I'm trying to get Debbie into RPGs. This, is, this isn't helping. Come on, all right, go away, Sheila, come on. Surely I can't be of any harm to- Look, what did I just say? Come on, shut up. Go away. Go, go, go over there. Go over I there. hope you are not disrespecting Mistress Frost. You too, Mike? Why, why are you speaking like that? Come on. Stop taking this shit too seriously. Let's, let's just play some fucking RPGs. Come on. If they want to be a couple of chickens who go their entire lives without experiencing the unrivaled thrill of an RPG, that's their business. I've been playing for like 13 years, you stupid bitch. Then prove it by playing. Go fuck yourself. I've been uh, I've been doing a bit of reading of uh, Labyrinth Lord recently. Oh yeah. Um, cool. This is um, I-, I bought this ages ago, but the thing about this is is um, it's kind of a retro clone. Um, this isn't necessarily an OSR game. I guess it could be class as an OSR game, but it's a retro clone. Okay. So I'm really enjoying reading this um, because I played AD&D back in the day, but for the life of me, I can't bloody remember any of the rules because it's confusing as fuck. <laughs> now, one of the things I'm really enjoying about this is that you can really see, we spoke about Gary Gygax's sort of like wargaming background, and you can really see that in these rules. Oh, right, okay. This is like a, a simulation of what it is to go through a dungeon. Wow. And, oh, and I'm I see. really yeah. enjoying it. Like there's there's loads of little things like this. There's separate types, dice rolls and things like this for everything, but like in a way that sort of makes sense like it's it's not like one overriding rule for each thing but like there's little different rules for little things yeah and I do quite like it I'm quite enjoying it yeah but I don't know I'm not entirely sure that it will there's, I'm going to house rule quite a lot of things Got yeah. yeah but I think in certain circumstances it, it will add to the immersion yeah, I because do. I do have to agree. There's if that's your bag, then that's you know. What I mean, if you're all about the immersion, yeah. If you uh, can get deep enough immersion. into it, and then you're told, all right, you've got to do this specifically for this because because of this, you'll be like, all right, okay, that's cool. Because well, I understand it audience, makes sense. Audience dependent. I well, there is yeah. one. There is one little thing, and um, that I that I quite. I'm, not, I'm like really unsure about and I mm. did say this on an interview that I, I was being interviewed on uh, the Veiled Fury Manuel show recently and um, I said that there was one thing is that the thief skills are rolled by the DM now the Ooh. reason being is because you wouldn't always know if you succeeded or not Okay. now, the, now the, how, how this goes is that like and, and they're percentage dice Right. So, so it's like Cthulhu you have a big load of skills in their percentage right but then mm-hmm. usually you roll a d20 for stuff but in this case or, or a d6 in some cases but the thief skills they're, they're a d100 the okay. reason being is like 
let's say for instance you you search the room for traps mm. right if you search the room for traps and use you use that skill and you want to disable all of them you roll it and the dm the dm will tell you um yeah you seem pretty confident that you've searched the entire room for traps and uh, and yeah, you you can carry on. Mm. Now you could take a step forward and go ah, bear trap. <laughs> right, yeah. But it, it's, it adds to immersion because he, although you seem confident and the DMs rolled for you, um, you have to be confident in that percentage. Yeah. Because you that's your ability. But the realistic fact is is that you can't be a hundred percent confident because it's like you you know that you've done the best of your ability. However, it might not be right. It might not be right mm-hmm. because there might still be one hidden there yeah. that you didn't get because you it got, it got it got the better of you. Yeah. Whereas if you rolled and you know you went under it, yeah, the DM could tell you you seem confident and you have to role play it. Right. But the reality is that you know that you did that you failed. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. I so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, okay. like, that's the simulation aspect of it, and it's kind of cool. Like yeah. I do like the little things like that. But then not allowing the players to roll their own skill, <sighs> it's a bit like it's a yeah. bit. You'll be like what? That bit, it's like, is right. You just take the dice off him at the beginning of the game, and the thief's like, "Hold on a minute, what the what, yeah, what's going on here?" The thing is right with us. Look, I think we we would easily be able to continue the role play aspect of it, mm. and we do actually loads. It's just like, oh, got crit fail. Great, I'm definitely 100 percent sure of this. Then we, even ha- though, we have done that for intelligence yeah. roles before. Mm-hmm. It's just like, but uh, right, cool. Well, I'm 100 percent certain it's this way, or I've got to do that, and then it's just like we role play it, and it is a laugh. But I suppose if you yeah, that, you know. but I think that is quite an interesting aspect. There's loads of little things like that throughout the book, and there's there's other things. Um, you know, for example, with with uh, with magic items, you always just describe what it looks like. You never say, and and like you can never say like, oh, you pick up a magic item. So some magic items would never even look like it. Mm. So you might just pick up a stick and be like, oh, you picked up a stick. The players would never even think just to wave it about. Uh, you know right, yeah. and things like this yeah. so it's like it, it, to me I, 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 but whereas like the later editions of D&D even Pathfinder even DCC they're always fucking glowing yeah exactly you know? yeah, and, yeah. and in this humming like, ah, yeah that's <laughs> that stick might be magical and like yeah it's because I've only ever like played that. it a handful of times and never really got along with it like I want to give it another give chance it a bash. and this this is this is a great way of doing it because mm-hmm. it's it's a much more it's better ordered it's uh, more well worded in certain cases and well, like I'm we'll really enjoy, I'm really enjoying yeah. reading it we know like picking up that stick and not knowing if it's magical or not basically not knowing if it's useful that brings you just back to your typical like, RPG if you're playing a video game version you'll just gather stuff because eventually it may be come in handy. handy. Yeah. But what might be funny is that, that you might go eventually go back to town. And go, I don't need this. So do you want to buy a stick? And the guy at the shop buys it. And then suddenly you come back to town later, and the shop's in flames. And you're like, "What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, you, just, you, you bastard!" <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm enjoying the fuck out of it. Nice. But, um, yeah. There's one last thing I wanted to speak about because I got a little something for the last dice episode. It came oh, late. Yeah. They came late. So I'm going to get these out now. So the last episode we did all about dice and I thought I'm going to order something, you know, <laughs> a bit <laughs> risque. Yeah. Something funny, <laughs> something that you can use in any of your fantasy <laughs> games, family games, family games and here they are. Oh god. So Nick, uh, give me a little description here. Okay, uh, holding it <laughs> in my hand, I have some dice that are etched with um yeah, little little images of um two stick people uh Get it on. Let's put it that way. In yeah, positions. real good. In so, different so, positions. So give it a yep. roll and tell me what, what one you get. Okay, so... Oh, can you believe it? i got 269. So is that like double crit? I would say so, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the four old... people, though. It's the only problem. 
You need to do. <laughs> There's need only three of people. us. In the <laughs> so I was trying to think of a practical use for this in game, though. Because um, I mean, really, there's nothing, is there? <laughs> but the, the amount of times, because we've got a player at our table, haven't we? That is constantly Ryan, 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 <laughs> and he in, probably in every campaign we've ever done, he's had sex with somebody. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, and that's true. We've, there's a D12 there that's got D12 sexual positions yeah. on it, and I know <laughs> these are supposed to be for you and your partner. However. I was thinking I might just bring this just when I DM just for Ryan's sake. Oh, you know it. Yeah. I like the dice. I like the fact that this dice has got like little little dirty words all over it, but it's also got Pat and like if Pat's there, he's laughing. Pat, you're up again, mate. <laughs> well, I, I I found it really funny Quite because Pat. I uploaded a picture of this to um, Google Plus, and then yeah. um, the dice they come in certain sets, right? And one of them was blow ass, blow ass. <laughs> hey, mate, why don't you just <laughs> blow my ass? <laughs> it's like a bottle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there was one that was. Uh, it was like I can't remember what it was but it was bite ass as well it's like it, all of them <laughs> just sound like arseholes it's like kiss kiss nipples hey, like, bite hey, my ass kiss my nipples you douchebag <laughs> why didn't you bite my ass blow ass you <laughs> douchebag <laughs> so yeah I don't know if they bite my ear <laughs> bite my ear dickhead I'm oh, walking yeah. here oh yeah right there <laughs> So yeah, there's sexual Very position nice. dice, and then there's ones that have like, um, like suck hand. <laughs> there's <laughs> ones that have no, like words, words on them yeah. as well. So. You got nip, lick, suck, bite, pat. blow, pat. There's one that just has a question mark on it, Ooh. and I guess that's if you're having sex with like a um, sort of Cthulhu monster. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's going on. Pat. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, hey, Pat. <laughs> some of them, some of them are glow in the dark as well. Oh God! For them, what for them after? Well, that's for when sessions. you really do get sucked into the uh, ethereal plane. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you blow ass. my ass? And um, yeah, obviously that that is usually it for um, for what we uh, what we've been saying. But obviously on this segment we usually uh, you know um, talk about if we bought anything. And Nick is your birthday coming oh. up. So here we go. Is a little is a little nifty gifty for you. Thank this is you. RPG related, and uh, so give it an open. Read the tag as well because dear I'm- Nick, you birthday. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much from Lex. Yeah, you birthday. you birthday. You birthday. You birthday. Me birthday. I put a lot of effort and into it. It's, a, it's a very it's a nice wrapping too. It's got lovely little strawberries on it. I, I was not responsible for that wrapping. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is, is that I went into um, my living room. Yeah. And I, t- I was I was wrapping it with a sheet of A4 paper to, to make sure that uh, to show my wife that I was doing a terrible job, and she went, "Give it here. I'll yeah, do it." Yeah, you know it. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited. Bloody hell! That's the, oh. That is enough wrapping. Oh my paper. god! Oh, nice. Yeah, it's the, the te- mutant card deck. So this is um, mutant year zero, year zero card deck. Yes. Yes. Have, I've got everything now. I've got them all. I've got every single card set. Yes, bro. So this is a um, threat and artifacts uh, deck, and it's basically yeah, um, carded versions of um, items and threats and artifacts that you pick up and gear in the book but it's really handy because if you've got a card and you pick something up you play can just hold it and it tells you exactly what it does so it's yeah, really nice so thank I thought, you very much because you're running uh, well you're going to be running Mechatron soon I'm, gonna, I'm just going to run a mutant game so yeah. it's not going to be because obviously they all yeah. link in together yeah they? so you so can, you can oh, flow for each so who, that's, who knows oh. who will be in there so yeah, brilliant that's amazing thank you very much I really appreciate that no worries oh, man bless. I know that um, yeah because I, I know that you could use the artifacts for what, whichever one you're running yeah. T- yeah exactly and it'll cross over and now I have every single card deck so nice. it's really nice thank you very much mate no worries that. and so my that- one's in the post so we'll, we'll reveal that next time why didn't you blow my ass okay <laughs> <laughs> alright so let's move on to the main subject woo main subject 
Last time we said that uh, we were doing family games, you know, games you could play with the whole family and the kids and everything, and, and we may have tricked you slightly and turned it into a sex episode. So sorry about that. But this time we shan't be doing that. We're no. actually going to do an episode on family games. Indeed. If and by family games you mean dirty sex games, <laughs> we've done it again. <laughs> it's oh, a <laughs> Get out, children. 18s only. Blow my ass. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Today we are talking about Panty Explosion Perfect. Oh. <laughs> and if you think I'm lying, that is a real game. Google it right now if yeah. you want. I'm sorry, we had to trick you because if we do a, a, an episode with a sexy name, you won't download it. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you make a rod for your own back. We have to trick you, listeners. Yeah. Um, so, Panty Explosion Perfect. Yeah, this is a game that cost me uh, 25 bloody quid. And it's, um, it's a very, very thin game, actually. But... We're going to get into this, right? So, Panty Explosion Perfect. It's a well, cracking name. It really is. I remember when we were looking at uh, when you when you suggested it, and then we were just like, yes! Yeah. Totally, man. I mean, it's our job, isn't it? It's, we, we review the sex games so that you don't have to exactly. read them. Because then otherwise your wife's going to find it. She's like, what the hell is this? What's this Google history all about? Whereas <laughs> if we do that for you, all you've got to do is um, get uh, delivered to your work address. Now my wife's got to the point where, where she sees me looking at this. And I was I was looking at it on eBay and I was like, look, I'm getting this one next for the podcast. And she just rolls her eyes and walks out the room. <laughs> um, anyway, this game is actually not what you think at all. Let me read the back. Welcome to Atarashi High School, where school girls with deadly psychic powers do battle against bloodthirsty ghosts, demon princes stalk the high school halls, and the only thing worse than losing your soul is letting your grades slip. So, <laughs> so that's that bit... doesn't sound like Panty Explosion Perfect. It doesn't. It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So does underwear actually detonate in this game? Well, let's dive in and find out. This RPG starts with a short comic setting the tone. And the first thing you'll notice is the fantastic presentation. <laughs> the artwork is really bloody nice. Wow. Well, it's very well done, isn't it? Yeah. And the whole thing. Quality. Exactly. And the whole thing is full colour too. Yeah. Oh, the um, whole book. Yeah, the whole oh, thing. Look at that. Look at it. This is cool. Yeah, so in the comic, a girl called Hiromi is seen running from Atarashi High School and another girl called Yumi is chasing her with an evil determination. Then, Hiromi runs across the front garden of the school to two of her friends, where one of the friends pulls out a sword and cuts the chaser's head off. Yeah, no blood, may I add? No, exactly. Yeah, no blood. And as Yuri's head comes off with a notable absence of blood, as you mentioned, it floats up, still alive, and says, You fools, now face the wrath of my demonic floating head. <laughs> <laughs> I love it already. So basically the story is this. In the heart of Tokyo, this high school is plagued by the supernatural and all the students just want to get on with their daily life. But sadly, as the book puts it, the demon prince of Shinjuku might come for the swim team at any point. <laughs> so now in the school, there's a crack team of psychic girls who are able to fight off the demons and ghosts, although most of them do this in secret often leading to suicide or insanity because of the pressure, basically. Yeah, exactly. mm. Cool. Um, so you can be loud and brash about your powers and things <clears> like <throat> this and boast about it, but you'll usually attract unwanted attention from phantoms or demons or phantom of the opera or whatever. <laughs> you <did turn> up. <laughs> 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 What's <Although>, happening? <laughs> 
<laughs> Although being a secret psychic paranormal hunter can be tough, the Japanese school system is equally tough and there's a lot of pressure to succeed from teachers, parents, other classmates and loads of Japanese people do sadly buckle under the pressure. So it says in the book that for some of the characters the actual paranormal part might be like a vacation. Yeah, because their studies are so hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so they're like going out at night and killing ghosts and that. <laughs> for, that's, for release. <laughs> yeah, that's a laugh, if anything. Yeah, yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. So in this game, the Game Master is called the Superintendent. Nice. Nice. And before you start a game, you're supposed to sit down and discuss what you expect from the game. Interesting. It's okay. Essentially, there's loads of ways to play this and very little prep required. So the brainstorm can be uh, like a good time to discuss what type of game this is going to be. And then you move on to creating students. You all have to be teenage girls who attend high school. Like, you have to be. Okay. In Made, for example, which is another anime game, you can be a butler, um, even though that was a game about maids. But in this, no boys. Okay. You right. can be a biological boy, but it says only as long as you dress in girls' clothes, identify as a girl, and attend the school as a female student. <laughs> okay, that's cool. All right. But you're allowed to be an alien, robot, demon, or... Robot demon, if you want no. Okay. Boys, no boys. No, no boys. boys. Robot demons, okay. Robot demon, that's fine, yeah. But, but boys, out Get of out of here. Get yeah. out of here. <laughs> um, but creating a student is really easy. It's made of made up of only a few pieces of information. Your name, some details, your goal, your best friend, your rival, and your popularity. And it basically is as easy as it sounds. Mm-hmm. With, with details, you basically pick two. You can make these up, and these can be things like, I once beat the demon prince in a duel to something like I have a secret boyfriend mm-hmm. and these can be used to get advantages in certain situations but I'll go into that later goals have to be something you can actually complete it within the course of a game so like it could be like oh I have to find my missing sister to I want to pass my exams mm-hmm. like it can be anything like that then you have to pick your best mate and rival now these have to be other players oh cool that's cool yeah and there's a reason for that and then there's a popularity to determine this, everyone at the table votes in secret. Ooh. So basically, um, you, you all write it down on a bit of paper, then give it to the superintendent. Yeah. Now, there's three levels of popularity. Everyone will remain average unless you were voted the most or least popular. Mm-hmm. And that's basically it. So uh, much like any other game, uh, Panty Explosion is set into scenes. However, a scene in this is like 5 to 15 minutes. Much like a uh, game like Fiasco, each scene may involve many player characters, but will shine the spotlight on one of the main characters as the focus of that scene. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's really the idea too. is every single scene should give you a chance to complete your goal. I see. All right. If several students have related goals, uh, then you can all be the focus of a single scene, if you wish. Mm. So to play out a scene works like this. The superintendent and the focus player character will start by coming up with um, a scene and where it takes place by describing it with the superintendent playing any NPCs and of course if other PCs are there they play themselves and as I mentioned briefly before demons will be there as well and they'll be stronger if they're playing against people that don't have completed goals. So let's say, for instance, you have a goal and you're trying to, as a, using that same example, you're trying to find your sister and you haven't found her yet. Well, the demon, he's going to be a hard motherfucker. Okay. Right. So let's say, for instance, your your goal is I want some donuts. You go into the donut shop, right? And you go there and you then set up the scene with the superintendent and you go in, you see a, um, you see a, um, like a nice pack of donuts, you go in and then that's when the thing called a challenge comes in. 
Now, this is basically how the playing of the game works. It's really fucking simple. Challenges are like your bread and butter. It's mm-hmm. like it's like fucking doing anything in D&D, you know, where you've got the DCs and stuff like this. Yeah. So you see the donuts, and then suddenly the GM uh, chucks a challenge in your way. Usually that's going to be a demon or something, right? So you go up to the counter, you see the donuts, and then suddenly you notice that the person behind the counter is a big red guy with a fake mustache on. Holding a fork. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he, he's like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hello, yo, you want those donuts? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> me first. Right, then you need to roll a, um, a, a d6, and you need to try to succeed to get away or whatever, right? Now... Popular students only need a three to succeed. Average students need at least a four, and unpopular can only succeed on a five or a six. So that's where that popularity rating comes in. So the the thing about it is, though, is that um, demons aren't the only challenges that can happen. It can be things like parents, uh, bullies, things like this. However... Your um when when you uh, are in there, your rival can also jump in at any time. That's so cool. so at the beginning when you picked your best friend and your rival, yeah, your rival can just be like, I want to fuck they shit up, <laughs> and they can just jump in. So like let's say for instance Nick, your character is James's yeah. rival and he's in the donut shop right, and and things seem to be going swimmingly. You no, can just that. go in there. You're hiding behind the counter. Boom. You jump up and throw bleach in his eyes. Nice. Well, maybe that's a bit too extreme, but like, well, yeah, you're in there. Yeah, this is actually this book is uh, directed at teens. Yeah, well, directed. Yeah. It's a recommendation. Recommended. It's a recommendation. It's a recommendation. It's meant for dirty old perverts. Exactly. Let's call it what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that, and that's basically it. But one, if you succeed or yeah. you fail. Um, your best friend or your rival also narrates the outcome of what happens. Ooh. So it's a little bit like fiasco yeah, as well like that. In, in that regard because you don't, you never narrate what happens. Mm-hmm. So you can say, I want to try to get away, but the, when you succeed on the dice or you fail, somebody else narrates the outcome. Wicked. Like as to who it is that narrates the outcome, the superintendent ultimately decides, okay. but the players all discuss who it should be. Okay, cool. So you can weigh in and say, I think my best mate should decide... Um, but the superintendent is the one who gets the last say. Got ya. To actually get rid of a demon for good, though, let's say, for instance, you beat him in the battle, to mm-hmm. actually get rid of him for good, you need to challenge it directly, like maybe in a fight, but you need to beat it three times. Okay, and, yeah. Yeah, and as I mentioned before, the demon will be more powerful against girls with un- unresolved goals, meaning that it will more easily succeed on his roles. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, that's basically that's basically sort of the bread and butter of the game. So once you've played through a bunch of scenes, eventually one person will complete their goal. They're the winner of the game. Ah, so that's so why the quicker you complete your goal. Yeah. So that's why the rival thing is is like an element of the game. The rival <coughs> is going to want to come in and fuck everyone's shit up because they want to get their goal done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so this is purely one shot territory. No, no, you can you can go into to second games because mm. you're the winner of the session. Not the arc. Not the arc. Yeah, gotcha. It, uh, it carries on. Let's. Uh, but the thing about it is, is that you, you. Let's say you put something vague, like I have to deal with the ghost, and then you just become mates with it, and you consider that to be dealt with. Yeah. Well, your best friend in the game has to agree with you. Okay. Uh, to, so they have to agree on how your goal is completed, and the superintendent does too. Mm. So oh, you right. can't just cheese it and be like, right, let's dealt with. 
All done. Don't right, worry about yeah, it. Right, I've moved house. <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Kicked him out. So, yeah. so that's that's like a little level of complexity there. There's yeah. a little bit of discussion to the game. Yeah, I cool. can imagine this is going to be argument simulator. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, <laughs> mate. We've got to play this. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, um, if you complete your goal, yeah, you win the session. But that doesn't mean you're out. You can still participate in everyone else's things. Mm-hmm. The reason being is because in addition to that, all the players that aren't in a specific scene, they can control the demons. So Ooh. they can they can weigh in and either all control one demon and say yeah. what and, and agree on what it does, or they can control multiple demons within a scene or NPCs if they want. So that's that's a pretty cool aspect. I like too. that. Yep. But as I mentioned before, you play psychic warriors, right? Um, so every girl starts with two psychic powers: levitation and make heads explode. <laughs> heads plural. Yeah, heads. <laughs> So, um, these are fairly self-explanatory. Um, any others you can have, you just make them up. Okay. Um, so, so but because here's how they work. Anytime you want to use your powers, you succeed. You just succeed automatically. No rolls, but your life will be changed forever because your rival narrates the outcome of your psychic power use. Ooh. So, let's say, for example, you're faced with the demon or the ghost or your teacher uh-huh. and you want to use make heads explode. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it works. But your rival then narrates how, how it works. So um, the, I'll, I'll just read how, how it works in, in the book because it says your rival narrates the outcome and has to add in details, has to add in details of things like, and I quote, accidental injury, property damage, humiliation, exposed undergarments. No. <laughs> That's and, the worst one. Exactly. And any other awful things you can think of. Oh, brilliant. Nice. So, once you use your powers, going back to living a normal life is near impossible. That's awesome. And that, that's... You'd be scared to use them, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. So, and you can realistically only use them once per session. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, like that... I like that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm. I think so, I figured out how they came up with the name. Okay, I don't think you have. Why, what do you think? I think apparently females explosion because the head explosion are perfect because they've got to get good t- uh, school scores. Okay. That's uh, it. All right. Uh, uh, well, I'm going to get to that at the end, but I, I don't think you figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the final part of the book is actually the GM section or the superintendent's guide and the superintendent's role in this game. I, I don't know if you've really figured it out yet because obviously all of the other players can control the demons. Yep. Um, mm. The superintendent doesn't really do that much. Um, he's More of an really- umpire. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? You're not really doing much other than that, really. You've nailed it, Nick. Oh, okay. um, you're really there just to settle arguments yeah. and say, right, here's um, you two have discussed this, here's my final ruling. Gotcha. And you play a couple of NPCs, you set scenes, things like this. Yes, yeah, perfect. You could play a character if you wanted, mm-hmm. but I would say that you'd have to be the shittest character Oh yeah. and maybe be have a minimal role in the story. Exactly, yeah. And you have to decide if somebody can use their detail as part of a scene to gain a bonus, and that's what the details do. Mm-hmm. Um, who gets to choose the outcome of a scene? Who gets final say on what a demon does? When the rival can enter a scene? Who gets who is right and wrong when settling arguments and things like this? Mm. Um, also, a large part of this game is improvised, so the school layout and things like this are often made up on the spot, and it's all theatre of the mind. Obviously, you'll you'll also be doing um, all the normal GM stuff too, but as an extremely light game, this should be easy. There's a section on all the demons, ghosts, agents, teachers, and other monsters you'll encounter in this game, but the book says this. There are at least 562,320 known forces that actively work against the common Japanese high school girl. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the odds are stacked against them, aren't they? Yeah, so what this means is you can make up whatever the hell you want 
but the Japanese horror genre has tropes and they are all represented here. So here's some examples that the book gives you. The first one is Ao Niobo, which literally means blue wife, I, I think. I tried to use Google Translate for that. <laughs> um, she is a deceptively beautiful ghoul that haunts shrines, wears a kimono, and has rotting black teeth, a nice. festering tongue, and hungers for flesh. Yeah. Oh. And then there's another one that's there's a spirit of a, abused dogs called Inigami, and they are used by more powerful demons as servants to hunt and torment their victims. Although they can be a bit of a pain because they will often just turn on their masters, leg it, and take over the local woodlands. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another one that I really liked. It's called the Jubako, which is a girl-eating tree that after many bloody battles um, where blood sort of like fell onto the floor and got soaked into its roots, got a taste for human flesh. <laughs> nice. <laughs> now you just go near it. Like, what girls do, they'll, they'll so often like go and read under a tree around the local school and oh, it'll just dear. eat them. No, nothing. <laughs> there's a few more, and then there's a very short guide to the area, followed by a guide to Japanese high schools. Um, and then one thing I wanted to mention is the comic that at the start continues throughout the book at certain in- intervals, mm-hmm. and it'll come in to kind of explain the game, provide context to certain things, and it just looks awesome as well. Yeah. And so that leads one last thing. Why has it got that name? Why is it called Panty Explosion Perfect? Why? This is a game about demon hunting. Yeah, yeah. I don't get it. I don't get this it. This was supposed to be a sex episode. Yeah, what the hell? It's actually we got? quite a decent sounding game. It's a really good game. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was reading this. Like, we bought this book thinking like... It's going to be funny because it's like about knickers. And it's not that funny. No, it's actually pretty it's decent. It's a good game. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what have you done to us, man? Yeah. It's a good game. Yeah. I play this. And not only that, it's really easy to play as well. This is a really simple party game that you could break out at a moment's notice. Exactly. No, no prep, prep requires. Yeah, no. Only one d 6 a new GM who's a little bit try, you know, doesn't just wants to get into the game and that and and there you go. Well, I did a bit I did a bit of research. Go on. So, the name Panty Explosion is a joke name. It's poking fun at English and what? bad Japanese translations. <laughs> so there is some Japanese text on the cover and I used the Google Translate app to translate it you know the one with the camera yeah 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 because I couldn't I looked all over Google and I I was like looking at their website and all of that and I couldn't find anywhere that said what that text said and the text translates to country silver it's just gibberish it's meaningless it's meaningless (laughs) country silver means nothing and the perfect part refers to the fact that this is the second version of the game so this is the most complete version of the game so it's panty explosion perfect Um, the first version had more stats relating to elements so it's like each character had like wind fire spirit things like this and then it was it was like a bit more obtuse like the first version it was a bit more difficult to to grok and it had an art style reminiscent of things like the siren games for ps2 where it used real photos of japanese girls faces mixed with 3d backgrounds it was like kind of weird it looked really cool and really dark but Mm. this is kind of a comedy game so it's like they, they changed it up and uh yeah that's it. That's the game. Okay. It's not a sex game. It's not a sex game. We, we've been fooled ourselves. We tried to fool our listeners and then jokes, egg was on our face. As much really. as I think the name, I, I wouldn't describe it as funny because when you find out, you're like, oh. But the thing is, it's like you look at the cover and you do expect something because you see schoolgirls. Well, girls, isn't it? You That's see it. the name and you think, you think something, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. The only you, thing that worries me is, would this put people off? Unnecessarily. That's my point. Yeah. That's I, a shame, isn't it? Because it's kind it's of like it's an in joke, isn't it? Yeah. 
But have they have they have I they smited their self by less people going to buy this over here now? Because we only bought it. We literally bought it for the name. Well, yeah, but thinking it was going to be silly. And no, it's but then decent. the thing about it is, is that that I think there's a certain subset of anime fans that that would be into it for that type of comedy. Yeah, because we like you know, there's that sort of I don't know what what the genre is, but you know that type of silly comedy that revolves around. Um, the perverse nature of Japan. Yeah, 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 mm. yeah. And I think that there's a certain subsect of people that would would get that. But the thing is that that actually isn't present in this book. No. So a lot of people would buy that, thinking that that's going to be in there, and it's not in there. <laughs> it's not in there. This yeah. is a game that is a comedy game that revolves around demon hunting. Yeah. And the thing about it is, is that that sounds fucking great. Yeah. I would play this in a heartbeat. Me too. Yeah. Um because I was I was even thinking like we we're having a little shindig for Nick's birthday tonight and I was even thinking just bring this along just in case. Oh uh, yeah, Cause because it's an improv game, isn't it? it yeah, is. and you could yeah. play like it, it in in about an hour and a half and yeah. just have a great time oh, with with a D6. You don't even need the character sheets. You don't even need bring it, it along. You just dice yeah. bring it along. I will. I love oh, I was even it. got mates yeah. in the back. I love Oh yeah, the adver- the advertisers at the back. Yeah, that's I'm, another weird thing. Is this is yet another publisher that appears to have published Mate. That's yeah. about five I've seen so far oh as well. Yeah, I do love. I just love the um, the the group agency. Yeah, having all the outcomes. So yeah. it's not just yeah. like bang, bang, bang. This way, but it's like no, but no I is, think this should happen, and you have a chat about it, and you can. Yeah, let's be honest. Well, that's mess your mate up. That's the thing <laughs> we most enjoyed about Fiasco, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. collaborative side mm-hmm. of it. Well, this is just it as well. When the superintendent, oh, like, like I, I imagine that people are going to get frustrated at the table over this, but that's part of the fun of it. So yeah. when when the rival is like, let's say for instance, one uh, like the guy's sitting there and he's going right, who gets to narrate the outcome of what happens to me? And you get to see your best friend on one side, your rival on the other. Yeah. And, and then and then the guy's sitting there sweating because yeah. even if you if you fail or, or if you succeed that could mean the next scene oh shit like it's going to be harder for yeah, me now because yeah, yeah it's going to be really fucked or, or, like, or I like the uh, fact that you have to really kind of think about using your power because what, or even if you're cornered into using your power because once that's out of the box that's it shit's it going wrong yeah one the way whole way rest of the yeah. game is going to be harder for yeah, you yeah. and like it's actually a very um, cleverly made improv game you know and the good thing about it being so simple yeah I think a lot of people turn their nose up at that but this is a game for when you're pissed as fuck and when yeah. you've had a lot of beers you yeah. know this isn't a game uh, that you're supposed to take seriously no and um, yeah I like I like the look of it a lot I really really do this is and fun squared yes exactly <laughs> and um, yeah it's, it's probably got themes in there that people won't like but the thing is is a way I would put it is um I would say ditch the rule about um, being teenage girls only and ditch the idea of it only being set in Japan and oh, yeah. you've, you've got um, a um, really great game because yeah. you could just set it in a school be psychic people and done boom you've got a great game in your hands I like it X-Files because, school exactly because when they said at the beginning that you can do the brainstorming session just you just sit down with your players and go right this is a game set in a school where you play psychic kids yeah right what, what type of school do you what want to do, do what type of game, game. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah and then from the from the get go, if everyone's like, "Oh, I think we should have it kind of like, you know, ETU kind of feel for it or, or bubblegum shoots," it's got that kind of feel. Depending on your audience, it will translate over to anybody. And you know, it's going to be f- funny as fuck, yeah. especially when you don't get to decide the outcome oh, of what you've mate, done. That's what I really Because your like mates about are going to yeah. really the, fuck you yeah. over, and they will. That's the great thing about it. Yeah. You know, they will. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Because your best mates trying to help you, yeah. whereas your rivals trying to fuck you over. Yeah. Like, that's why improv games are great because yeah. they are the you whip it out and just play yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah as opposed I'd, to yeah having to prep anything that's the beauty of it yeah. while Fiasco is a fucking great game for that 
I think we, the reason I would love to play this is because it's it's got even less prep. Even less, less than, than well, there's less dice. Yeah, 1d6. Fiasco's you know, good, but it's still... An, I mean, it says you can play it in three hours, but it's a night's game. It's a whole night. No two ways about it. If you yeah. want to get stuck into Fiasco and have seen... Yeah, if you really want to enjoy it. Yeah, whereas this time. game, you can honestly probably power through this in a couple of hours. This is three, but the thing is, is you could play in an hour if... If yeah. people are quick about resolving it, exactly. Yeah, it depends. You could do a quick game. Oh, easily. we could, we could smash it. I love now. it. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happily surprised with that. Actually, to me too. I'm, I'm honestly yeah. genuinely impressed. Joke I mean, is on us. Not the funniest game ever, but the thing is, is that that is genuinely. I'm honestly surprised. So yeah. check that out. Uh, I will say the only thing I'm, I'm disappointed by is that how much it cost. Oh, go on. Uh, oh, yeah, it, was, yeah. it cost us twenty five. Oh, pounds. it did, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. It, is, it is a pamphlet of a game. Let's, yeah, it let's is. call it that. But the thing is is that the presentation and the amount of use I will likely get out of this is, is worthwhile. So Yeah, think um, about it. And you'd be able to smash well. it out like, yeah. a few times of such a many, uh, different amount of groups. So as long as you're like, up for doing that, then you'll get a good ton of uses out well, of it. Because I imagine this will be one that I'll probably play when a, a short notice, one shot is needed. Yeah. And, yeah. and that for me is 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 perfect. The um, It's just that £25 is a little bit much, but... The thing is, is that I've seen the um, the first edition floating around online a lot, and I'm not sure if they released that for free on purpose or not. I'm I've just I've just seen it a lot. Yeah. I searched for the character sheet, and I'm not sure if that was if that's piracy or if they released it for free. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm not sure, but um, just check just check before you're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that's Panty Explosion. Perfect, everyone. Woo! Shit name, great game. Yeah, shit, nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to move on next to the Chamber of Challenges. Welcome to the Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. Chamber of Challenges. The Chamber of Challenges. <laughs> right, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Chamber of Challenges, and this is where we do challenges for one another related to RPGs. So, James has got for us an Oreo, an oral, no, an Oreo, uh, he's, he's got an Oreo for us, <laughs> but after the Oreo, he has got a challenge called What That, where he has made RPG related sounds, and we have to guess what they are. Yeah. Yes. So, without further ado, play the first sound, and we will figure out. What like, that? <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. Come go on. on. It's the final boss. The we can final do it. Right, boss. Come on. Go. On, go. go. On. Yes. <laughs> Get it. Oh. Was that it? Uh, tell me about it. Killing the final boss in one hit. Nick. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, unclimatic ending. Uh. Anticlimactic ending. Okay. All that, right. That was it. That was number one. Right, play number two. Well done, Nick. That was good. Thanks. That was good. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And again. Come on. Yes, no way. Oh. Sweet. Exploding dice. Hey, yeah, he's got it yeah, right yeah, in the money. Yes. yes. That, was, that was quick. Off the mark. Nailed it. Alright, and then uh Well come on, get at it then. What, what are they doing? We're in the middle of a battle. We, we need to concentrate on attacking the, the enemy. Could you make him stop, please? Alright, so I think this is, because we've been playing Savage Worlds recently, yeah. and you know, in that you need to um, start, in, in Solomon Kane, you need to start doing your spells early. Pre- prepping, yeah. Prepping a spell. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, that's exactly it. Oh, God, I'm doing oh, well. Fire, God, I'm doing mate. well. This, <laughs> this is good, guys. All right. 
We must, we must find the center of the rules. What? We Pl must. Play that, we ring that one back. Rewind, rewind. Flee, <laughs> <laughs> flee. We must, we must find the center of the rules. Oh, rules lawyers. Uh, okay, so the, the centre centre, of the rules? centre of the rules. So, I think it is. It's like there's there's like a pun to this. I know it. So it's like pinpointing the rules. It's like, yeah, I don't know. Ah, uh, fuck it. I don't know. Right, I'll just go with Nick's answer. That's what I think. What is it? Like a rules we, lawyer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, core rules. Oh, oh, right. oh, core. <laughs> core rules. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Tricked ya. It's good. That was a good one. And then uh, one more. this is the last one I've got. Five, four, seventeen. Cheating. Yeah. <laughs> Five, four, seventeen. <laughs> Five, four, seventeen. Is it James? Is it James Clark? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll never do that. Shut up. Is it famous cheater James Clark? <laughs> it's the genie. It's the genie rolls. Is it the famous cheater? It's the, it's the famous. No, it was a. Uh, uh, that was initiative. How was that? How? There was three dice rolls and then three numbers announced by three different players. Okay. What? There was five, four, well, rewind. 17. Five, four, 17. Yeah, look, calling it, out their numbers. Yeah, three, oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> there you go, guys. Fucking <laughs> hell. Fucking hell. Well, good. the first three you smashed. Yeah. yeah, okay. So do I win? Yeah, I think so. I got more. We don't. We never count the points. What's the points? Ah. I win. What that? What, what the points? Are? You win. What that? I you win. What, what that? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Very nice. All right. So next up, Nick, you got something for us. Seven. You got something in the bank. Yeah, baby. We're going back. I've got dragon or bat. Uh, we've got dragon or blagging. <laughs> <laughs> dragon or Batman. It's 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 changed on here. So you're going to show us pictures, right? And it's either a dragon or or Batman. The oh. No, jealousy for Batman. On my on my doc that I wrote it on, it's obviously auto changed it to Dragon or Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be a hard one because Gavin, our mate Gavin, he does look like a dragon. That's true. Yeah, so, so. okay. Uh, or I like to call this particular one Mission or Fission. <laughs> All right. right. Okay. So as in nuclear fission. Uh, no fish, as in fishing. Fishing. In <laughs> fission. Um, Fallout edition. So here we go. So basically, I'm going to give you three quest names, and you have to tell me what one is the actual Fallout one. Okay. All right. All cool. right. Uh, so question number one: the job. Yeah. Free tier mother care. Mm -hmm. Crazy Bob's last stand, or Death Squad for Kitty. Uh, Crazy Bob's last stand. I'm going to go with Kitty. Death Squad for Kitty. Yeah. You're both wrong. It's the job. Oh. Oh. We should have the picked up on that. The simple. So it's too simple. Question number two. Yep. Up an atom. Yep. Baby in a bag. <laughs> Does Steve know your home? Rockets red glare. I'm gonna go for up an atom. I'm gonna go for. <laughs> Wait, what was, what was number three? Uh, uh, number three was. Does Steve know your home? <laughs> I really. That like sounds that. made up. I really. Okay. I, I'm. I'm gonna go <laughs> with that. But I really enjoy it. I hope it's. <laughs> You're both wrong again. Yeah. Why? It's rockets red glare. See, up an atom really know, sounds know, like a Fallout one. Gotcha, You've nailed it. I gotcha. Uh, question up number three. Atom. Ready? Yeah. Uh, so question number three is uh, severed head and best intentions. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the big empty. Nice try, but no cigar. Secrets in their chips. 
<laughs> I think I think it's got to be Welcome to the Big Empty. I love that. You are, you should be you should be a quest namer. You should you come into the office at Bethesda and you go Welcome to the Big Empty. Right? How much how much you paying me? See you later, guys. See you later. So only one of them is the real fall. I can't see it. It's glare. On only that. one is yeah. So only one's the so one's the okay. real Fallout quest. The rest are made up reads. Okay, say so say them again. Please, Severed sorry. head and best intentions. Welcome to the Big Empty. Nice try, but no cigar. Secrets in their chips. Secrets in their chips. Welcome to the Big Empty. And you're right. It's welcome to the Big Empty. Okay. That is a real Fallout quest note. Well, I, okay, so I get I get a point. You get a point. So we got. I've got one point so far. So I'm winning so far. Uh, uh, question number four. Reality sucks. Two ghouls and a nanny. Getting ready for prime time. Forever and never again. You know, I think it's getting ready for a prime time. That seems to ring a bell. Go for that. What are you go for, Jay? Um, first one. Reality sucks. Yeah. Ah, next Scott again. Getting ready for prime time. Well done. Well done. See, I, I, I was worried. See, I was a little bit worried that you might know some of them. Um, because no, because the thing is, is that I I, I know a quite a but fair so bit about Fallout. But the thing is, is the quest names. It's not something I would remember. No, no. And do you know well, what? There's so much not, to go through. Well, I've, so never played, I've never played. I it, know. So, so I'm sorry. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought you might have some fun with it. Um. Question number five. Uh, okay, so question number five is <laughs> right. Here we go. So, is it Ryan Briggs's Wonder Meat? <laughs> Your name in lights. A slight change of plan. Or devourer of tolls. Slight change of plan. Uh, Your name in lights. It's Ryan Briggs's Wonder Meat. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. It's Wonder Meat. Yeah. Was that from New Vegas by any chance? I think it might have been. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I seem to remember something about Wonder Meat. So some points. I'm not sure what. I think I won because I got two. I've got one more left for you. Oh, okay. One more. Question number six. The King of Cunning, One Step Closer, Zip's Nuka Fix, A Dust Devil Named Hope. Oh. I think Zip's Nuka Fix. Uh, I really like the way that sounds as well, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose something different. Give me the third, th- other three. Uh, the King of Cunning, One Step Closer, Zip's Nuka Fix, or A Dust Devil Named Hope. I'll just go for Dust Devil. A dust over no hope. No, I'm afraid you've been done again. Lex has got it again. It's Zip's Nuka Fix. Well, well done. There you go. So you hey, got some some of your naming is wicked. Yeah, I think you really got the naming convention. Well, do you know what I did? The way I did it was I so I got loads of quests because I wanted to go right back to Fallout 1 and 2, but unfortunately they don't really have names. They're just collect man no. from house and yeah, stuff like the, the, that. So. In that, it would just be like a person will come up to you and be like, oh, by the way, I need you to do this. Yeah. And you just go and So do they it. didn't really have snappy titles. So I, I digged into uh, New Vegas, Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 got a feel for the what the kind of mission names were and then put ones that were quite odd in anyway and then obviously just uh, uh, dressed them up with my own yeah. crap. Well, so, very yeah. good, man. I like that. I really <laughs> yeah. that. Thank you. I enjoyed that. That was good. So, um, yeah, I think Lex ran away with that one, to be honest with you. I think he got quite a lot right. I've, I bloody nailed it. I'm, I'm, having a, I'm having a good time. <laughs> good time. Winner. Hey, everybody. Come gather round the fireside. And I'll tell you of a time when I beat three goblins and four basilisks all by myself. Using nothing but my own two hands. And my trusty six-shooter, of course. But the point is, is I beat them. I won. Fireside Tales. So welcome to Fireside Tales, a segment that we do so infrequently I forgot it even existed. But this is where we um, regale you with... uh, Stories from our RPG experiences. This can be inside or outside of the game. But today I wanted to tell you about a little thing 
I've got two for you. The first one is actually uh, it's it's about it's about doubting whether or not you even exist anymore. <laughs> and um, this basically what happened was is I've talked talked about my Fallout game that I played at work um, often enough, right? And uh, essentially this this was kind of funny because. This is where I got back into role playing again after after a couple of years break, and I was playing a game at work using whiteboard conference software, and this was like a sort of play by post game, but we mm-hmm. we played it over whiteboard conference software, and I pl- I've talked about it so often on this podcast, so I won't bother. But a lot of the way I did the NPCs in the game was I based them on people that we worked with, hmm. so that way I wouldn't need to describe them at length. And uh, I was playing with Ryan, who's now part of our role playing group, and a guy called Dave. And one of the main NPCs that they teamed up with was a guy called Dana, who now my new character in Fallout is named after, but her personality is completely different. Anyway, this guy Dana that we worked with was like a grizzled New York detective that for some reason had now become an IT guy. And <laughs> he literally was like that. Yeah. He used to, like, even when he was talking, he'd be like, I'm not going to suck your dick on this one. And it was like, you do not belong in this office. And he was like, he used to say things like, I invented Microsoft Excel, oh, yeah. but then uh, Bill Gates, he stole the idea off me. And one day I'm going to get my revenge, I swear to God. And... <laughs> This guy was absolutely nuts. Anyway, so he was like a prime guy to base an NPC on. And we used to just hear him, like, randomly throughout the day. Like, he'd be in his office, which was attached to our office, and he'd just go... (laughs) For no reason. He'd just... Yeah, and he he was also, like, alarmingly racist. Because we worked worked with, like, a lot of Indian guys. And he's he's like, um, Hey, don't ask none of these guys what to do. Half of them can't even flush a toilet. Yeah, he was he was awful. I mean, he was like he was he was perfect for basing an NPC off of. of. And I saw him every day. Every day, give me new material to work with. Nice. And so, in this Fallout campaign, these guys teamed up with him and would. uh, They got this like old car that they managed to repair and drove around the wasteland in. And um, it was really funny because at one point. Uh, he got in a fight with one of the characters mm. and they stole uh, he stole the, the car keys off of Ryan's character and he was like I'm not giving them back to you man this is in the game and he's like I'm not giving them back to you there's no way you're, 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 you're in that case you're a force to be reckoned with and you're not having them I'm not sucking your dick on this one Ryan <laughs> and he just wouldn't give them back and Ryan was Ryan was getting genuinely annoyed in the game and he, start, he started they started they had a fist fight um, Dana punched him in the face and then and then uh, yeah it just got really heated and Ryan was like right I'm going for a fucking cigarette he storms out he comes back and when he came back he's like he had this gun called the Sunburster, I think it was called shit name. But anyway, point is, is he, he then fu- he, he was about to fire it yeah. at Dave's character and Dana. He said, he said, look, this is going to kill both of you, and so so Dave kill Dana now, just kill him. He's pissed me off, and either you kill him or I kill both of you right now. <laughs> so 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 then Dave turns around and and just goes <sighs> like dejected. He goes, okay. This is in game, by the way, not in real life. And he and he just stabs Dana in the heart with his katana, and, and then Dave uh, and then Dana slumps over, falls into the car, and turns the radio on. And then this really sad song plays. And then um, I played it out of my phone at work, and everyone was like, "What's this sad music?" Like because we were playing in the office. Yeah. And, um, Nothing. 
Yeah, and then and then like it was this really sad scene. And Dave, yeah. his reaction was he got up from his desk and and he goes, I "Can't believe you killed Dana." To Ryan, Ryan goes, "I didn't do it. You put the fucking sword through him, right?" And they start they got up and both of them started arguing. And he's and Dave was like, "Yeah, but you made me do it. Therefore, it was your hand that fucking pulled the trigger. You killed him." And the two of them started arguing. And at this moment, the real Dana had just got back from a cigarette break, and he walks through the office, sees these two guys arguing. You killed Dana. No, you killed Dana. Dana's dead because of you. And Dana just saw these two arguing, and he just stops and just didn't know what the fuck they were talking about and he literally looked at him and he was just looking at his own hands like am like, I dead? Am I dead? Am I in the toilet really? Yeah, yeah, he he was just like so like, you killed Dana Dana's dead because you were going to kill me and then Dana just looked at his own hands just like and then and then you just saw him just walk back into his office like shaking just his touching head touching his face yeah, like yeah. Yes. Oh my so, god! Yeah, it Brilliant. Was, because of an RPG we played at work, a guy doubted his own existence <laughs> for a few seconds. That's amazing. Actually, I think I'll leave my other story That's because so but, um, that one took a bit longer. But yeah, that was basically it. Um, an RPG can make somebody doubt their own existence. There you go. That's awesome. So, so who wants to go next? So yeah, so this this uh, Fireside Tales titled Karma's a Bitch, and this was set in the second arc of our Call of Cthulhu game, where we was in a post-apocalyptic future. Um, we was basically being brutalised. We all had job details. Do you remember the guards would turn up every day and basically beat us, send us to work, whatever. Anyway, the, in the block that we lived in, we met this absolute jerk of a bloke called Gordon Freeman. And he was the biggest um, Combine fan going. If anyone's played Hard Life, they know exactly what we're talking about. And he was basically explaining that he's been working his way up. And, oh, man, you know, you get to be like them if you, if you carry on doing what they ask. And he was just the biggest butt lick. He used to uh, grass us up. His wife had already become one. And she was the one that used to come and meet us in the morning and send us to work. Anyway, short, long story short, um, the uh, the detail turned up to uh, to to take us to work and do you remember just before we had ch- changed the name plates on the, on, uh, the, on the rooms on the rooms so because yeah. we was trying to get him to come into our room because I think we wanted to beat him up because he was obviously a spy yeah we wanted to but he wouldn't come in do you remember he was like he weren't having it so then someone snuck out and actually changed the name plates on the rooms so when <laughs> when they turned up to try and send everybody to work they all attacked him because he was saying no man I ain't got to go work today I'm working later and because like, we had changed the rooms around he got beaten to death by oh, yeah. his own family Fans, uh, like he was the biggest fanboy of these guys that just beat him to death. Oh, yeah. So he never became a combine. He just got beaten because oh, yeah, of that. They into jelly, and this whole time he just he just wanted to be one of them. Yeah, and then he, he got it. killed by him. We yeah. basically um, set him up for death, big time. And he he loved his oppressors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely loved them. And in the end, they killed him. And yeah. he didn't know what was happening. Why are you doing this? Yeah, why? Oh, yeah, you guys could hear it from your yeah, room, like a relative comfort. Wasn't it? Do you, remember? you guys asked him like, "What time are you starting tomorrow?" Because like, eleven. Yeah, because yeah, we needed to <laughs> yeah. not we needed to not be at, be at work. work. At that time. Yeah, because we needed to go save our mate. Exactly. Yeah. Classic man. That so was I love that. Tell. Yeah, really yeah, made me laugh. Really good plan. Nice. That was my fireside tale. Uh, so, a uh, number of years back, uh, Lexi worked with me at an office, and our immature school days uh, became uh, came out through us. Oh dear. So, you know, there was us messing about, we pranked each, each other, we fired, um, you know, the bits of paper with elastic band. Oh, when you make each a other bullet out of it, yeah. Around the office. Nice. And uh, Lexi once um, folded a, a spoon inside one of them, and Ow. fucking thank God it missed. I don't remember doing you that. You folded a, a metallic, an actual teaspoon in half and wrapped paper around it to disguise it. And the wow. ferocious <laughs> velocity of it flying past my face 
I was like, are you mad? Embedded in the wall. And we were on the, the other side of the office to each other, so this was just flying past other people too. Oh, so, God. That is yeah. good. So, um, anyway, uh, Lexi made a type text right. game mm-hmm. uh, for me to play. Um, you know, choose your own adventure thing. Yeah, choose your own oh, adventure. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah, type. yeah, yeah. And um, it was basically, it was set in Red Hill, our town. Yes. Yeah. And doesn't get enough publicity, Red Hill. Yeah, but it was just—it just made it easy because obviously then you know there's, there's you know no need everything. to there's yeah. no need to explain everything. Else. Uh-huh. So, so there was the you know, location was was similar and there was lots of people in it that were similar, like our mates from school and that. Um, basically, what was happening with uh, this choose your own adventure that was going on was there was a bunch of bears attacking the town, and so I had to type my I had to type text my way through it with mm-hmm. multiple choices fought up by Lexi some were simple you know fight evade ask questions you know like that but then it got marvellous because um, I had to get a code to unlock a safe right. that had like some really valuable and useful items in to, to help me rid, rid the town of the bears yeah. um, but it turns out that some of them um, the way to get the code there was a bunch of riddles that Lexi had actually dotted around the office itself oh nice like the physical like treasure hunt yeah. yeah and so I went on this hunt getting all these riddles right cool. and it was pretty decent so I went around the office and then I got like certain bits leading me to different areas and then the best one was that I, I was left with this riddle that I ended up having to get into lift B of the actual building now these lifts didn't work in the conventional way um, you couldn't just go into it click a floor number mm. and then you know you were outside chose a floor number and then you were assigned a lift oh, okay yeah, so yeah. I needed lift B so I stood there in the communal um, lift section yeah clicked a, a floor a random floor and then lift A came so as that came I pretended to be on the phone yeah I was just like and then um, <laughs> and then uh, I did it again the lift C and yeah. I was like oh fuck's sake right <laughs> lift B finally turned up right? <laughs> yeah. so I was like yes finally so I get in but so do other people and there's already <laughs> other people in there but as soon as I get in <laughs> I look up and I can see the note on the scene and I'm just there really trying not just <laughs> really trying to stifle my laughter yeah and they're like James you're right and I was like <coughs> oh, yeah, sorry. yeah. Just like that. so we get like up to floor five from floor one yeah and then everyone else gets off the lift yeah and then I sort of linger back and I pretend to get off and like really slowly and uh, I must have looked like a right weirdo <laughs> I, I pretend to get up really slowly and just as they're walking ahead I just run back into the lift on my own like, and, then I, and then I nab the, the note um, that was stuck that stuck to the to the top like where the doors closed yeah. literally just above that and um, yeah it was fucking fantastic and I have I'm pretty sure at home I still have that note um, and that was yeah that was one of my most favourite sort of uh the immersion so. was off the hook. Mate, it was wicked. <laughs> I came back in like all flustered and like red faced because I was I was like all excitedly chirpy and nervous so all at once. I was just like <laughs> thanks. Well there was like it was it was funny because the setting was in the town and the building that we were in was in the town. Right? Yeah. So so it was like there was there was that, a different level of immersion yeah, there the, the, the bears I don't know why they were bears but there were sentient bears that had <laughs> taken over our town and they were terrorists and they, they strategically put bombs in four locations yeah. and one of them they were like um, he met like one of the terrorists who was trying to get out of the cell and was like I'll give you the code but I need to like I don't know the story was really dumb but they were like <laughs> I'll give you the code but I need to test your aptitude let's see if you can get from here to this building which is uh, I'll bleep, probably bleep the name yeah. but I was like let's see if you can get to that company's name building um, in time 
and I was like, it's in lift B, let's see if you can get there. <laughs> and, then, and then obviously James did actually work there, and he, and he was like, I run to the lift, and he typed it to me, and I was like, no, you actually have to go there, mate. And then he was like, oh, shit. get up and, and leave. Then, and then the I saw office. James, like, <laughs> was, and he was, he was, was walking. There was a time limit. Yeah, and he was walking well. really hurriedly, and I was like, the bomb's going to explode in 12 minutes. And James was like, <gasps> like But this was, this was real life 12 minutes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, real life 12 minutes. So I had to give my answer before then. Very fun. Yeah, and yeah, I was also, bad. there was also bits where I gave him phone numbers, and I, yeah. like, briefed people on things to say as well. And, like, <laughs> it was, like, it was mate. crazy. It was like an alternate reality yeah. slash choose your own adventure game. It's wicked. It's like, when James calls you, if he says this word, you have to respond to this. Yeah, and then I Please. gave I gave Taylor like these really weird things. Like he, James called him up, and I was like, uh, there was somebody in the game that would be like, um, call this number to get a password. And then he called up our mate Taylor, and Taylor was like, Kuwabara, Kuwabara, vehicle has landed. Yeah, it was really funny. It was so stupid. Wicked. It was a good way to pass some time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I well enjoyed so it. Fun. Yeah, I mean, it was better than working. Yeah, <laughs> wants to do that, right? I would certainly bleep the company name. In the future you will be able to send a letter from anywhere on the planet. This is the future. This is the Electro Letter. Alright, so for this Electro Letters, we asked for your best and worst characters that you've ever seen at a gaming table. I wonder if we got any people boasting, saying the best character I've ever seen is my one. Best character <laughs> is me, in life! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm so the best! Every day I look in the mirror, that's the best character. That's the best character right there. So the first one comes in from Matthew Jones. Worst characters I've seen, he says, were at D&D Encounters during 4th edition. These two guys were playing min-maxed out Dark Elves and they were evil and also best friends with the DM. Oh dear. Well, that sounds like a mix of shit right there. <laughs> it was like accidentally joining someone's home group that you were not invited to. Oh, no. <laughs> best characters, well, I've seen so many good ones, but Earl, played by Tony Fanning, <laughs> is, a surly, is a surly old lizardman and is full of character and backstory that comes out with his pl- role-playing very well. Yeah, I mean, that sounds fun. I mean, the thing is, is is that if you have a good backstory and you make it come out through your character, yeah. Yeah. that's what you want. And that's what we were saying earlier about the session zero. Yeah. We link our backstories and then that always comes out. Well, it was yeah, awesome it because it, so it meant that fun. all of our characters, they immediately had this connection and it was so natural how we interacted with each other. Yeah, and when we had the points where it would be like, um, uh, when we said to each other, oh, you're always doing that. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You were an eye character, yeah. James. When you would never listen to what other people say. Yeah, someone tells me what to do, because I now get experimented on, like we said earlier, then I just outright refuse. You're anti-establishment but because, now, not you? Because, because Di is my best mate, I'll be like, I'll be like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll see you in a minute. And I like, yeah, that, yeah. And I like Dana's like, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you what to do, of course. It's yeah. everybody else I'm talking to. Yeah, but I'm just suggesting that if you wanted to, you could come You with could me. join us. Because yeah. we have history, I know how yeah. to, in Work air quotes, yeah. manipulate you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um, but he comes in with a question as well. Would you prefer unlimited time to play role-playing games in the underworld or to live forever? But it is in a world where role-playing games cannot and will not exist. Take me to Hades, baby. Mm. I, I would live my normal lifespan, but play role-playing games forever. All that, all that one. Yeah. <laughs> you just yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to live forever and not be able to play games. Jeez. Yeah. Boring. It'd be horrible. Oh, underworld, mate. Yeah. 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 I'm going underworld. Best underworld. of life down there. 
Yeah. So next one comes in from Patrick Greenlaw. The best character I've ever seen was a halfling alchemist from Pathfinder. The player almost never broke character and spoke in a high-pitched nasally voice that made everyone think of Fran Dresser's character in the Nanny TV show. She always played this dull-eyed, innocent, always seemingly ignorant of how to act in any situation. That is, until the player would get an impish grin and lob some alchemical noxious gas or explosive vial at the opponent, which was often an upset shopkeep or flustered bouncer. (laughs) As chaos inevitably ensued, she would always just say, Did I do that? (laughs) This player has played many other characters and is excellent with them all, but this one was my favourite. Nice. That sounds awesome. Yeah, it does. That's why I love Alchemist, man. In Pathfinder, that shit's deadly. We we learned that in our last game, oh boy. didn't we? Alchemist's fire. I mean, oh it's got God, fuck all mate. to do with role playing, really. But yeah. the, when we made poisons, and yeah, Alchemist's oh, fire. It's yeah. just that that stuff is just like that is fucking. That is like my God. It's, so much. It's power. game ending shit. Yeah, totally. house. But the thing is, if that blows up in your face, goodbye. 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 See ya. Yeah. So next one's in from Tony Fannon, and uh, Tony says, um, it, it has been my experience that the worst characters are usually published pre-generated ones. Okay. Um, what do you think of that, though? I mean, the thing is, I've, I, I've got to be honest, like, yeah, it's not going to be, like, the best, but when you're playing one-shots... Perfect. Well, yeah, the thing is, when I get a pre-gen, I'll just see that as a as a weak template, and you've got to yeah. beef it out. Yeah, yeah, own, yeah, yeah. Own, you know, every pre-gen, cat- pre-gen, you're not meant to pick it up and be like, oh, I'm going to play it by the book. You're allowed to add your own flavour. When it's got too much on it of the pre-gen, I think it's like... But he's yeah. saying he's saying published pre-generated. Oh, I see what you mean. Because yeah. I've, seen, I've seen people take pre-gens that are made by people, and they, they, they're inspired. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. when I played uh, Solomon Kane at Con... Um, the, the the interplay between the people at that con was amazing mm. but then uh, I've seen people pick up pre-gens and do fuck all with it yeah. look at our Lankmar game that we played Nick yeah 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 and how much fun we had with those pre-gens oh yeah and I thought your character in that, that you played that so well <laughs> he was fine but then I've seen <laughs> Katie pick up the same character right. and do an yeah, also similarly amazing job yeah mm-hmm. it was yeah. completely Wicked. different well there you go then because she played him like she wanted to play him like Ezio from Assassin's Creed, right? But, yeah. in, but instead of an assassin, a thief. Yeah, cool. And um, it was like completely different, and but but similarly amazing. Mm. I would I would say that he's pretty much right. The mm-hmm. worst characters are published pre-generated ones, but an amazing player can do an amazing can do job with, with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, and see, it goes on. Best character. Feldane Hammerstriker. What a name. <laughs> what that, a is, name. that is a name. A dwarven paladin in D and D three point five, played by a person new to RPGs. Feldane was a devout worshipper of Moradin. However, he had AD&D and would often get bored. No, ADD. <laughs> ADD. Oh, yeah, I'm so used to seeing ADD. Sorry, let me start again. Um, however, he had ADD and would often get bored and do things that led to very memorable adventures, like charging headfirst through locked doors while the rogue was busy checking for traps and singing hymns when the rest of the party was trying to be stealthy <laughs> or kicking an evil magistrate in the nuts that was trying to use diplomacy to turn the uh, turn the Kong's court against I think he the means party. kings there, but if it's a if it's Donkey Kong's court, that's fine. <laughs> yes, that's even better. better. Yeah. Um, uh, and spending entire battles chastating his celestial mount for being late when he summoned it. <laughs> you know, it just sounds like Tom, Ryan. Call this. Just sounds yeah. like Ryan yeah. all over. Yeah. Eventually, he carves the dwarven rune for lockpick, and his helm. Uh, no, into his helm. Sorry. Um, Eventually, he carved the dwarven rune for lockpick into his helm, and the rune for diplomacy into his t- into the toe of his boot. <laughs> <laughs> all, all this form, 
all this from a person that was playing their second character ever. Good times. Oh my god. That sounds amazing. That is yeah. fantastic. So I assume from that then that he, he carved lockpick into his helm because he'd always just smash his smash head, his head through. through. Yeah. And then he would kick people in the nuts and so that was his diplomacy yeah. foot. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking great. I'm stealing, I'm stealing that idea. Phil Dane Hammerstriker. That is a name. You legend. Fantastic. Yeah. Love it. I love him. I um, love him. So yeah, I mean that's how to do it, man. I mean, obviously, I reckon this player is the type of player who gets bored, but he used his own self for mm-hmm. inspiration into yeah, the yeah, character. Yeah. So yeah, he was man. just like, fuck it. That's good. That's how to do it, man. I want to you play do- with that guy. But using, um, I, I mean, I am assuming a lot there, but even still with that little assumption, that's a great way to make characters by using little parts of yourself. Yeah. Or using things that inspire you to make, to make characters. Because I'm often quite a loud... A brash type person and so I'll use that to, to inspire my characters because mm-hmm. the thing is you can't yeah you I like playing people that aren't like me at all but then I also sometimes like just exaggerating parts of my personality Essence. Essence. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 everyone loves a bit of that yeah of course and yeah. also I think it's fun to do st- also the other side of that is Making a character that does stuff that you as a person wouldn't normally do to know what it feels like when you're yeah yeah playing, like you know something I mean? that's never ever like you like yeah. like um, not cautious it, like at people, all or... like James obviously you're a, a straight person and you've played gay characters before things like oh, that yeah, you know what I mean I've yeah. played I've played gays I've played women yeah yeah yeah, yeah. played yeah. robots <laughs> yeah I've done yeah. it all mate mate I've played cat people <laughs> well you're it's not true. a cat person what in real life? No. Oh, hmm. oh that's sorry, sorry. I did read something online the other day. You know, this is complete side sidetrack. But asking whether or not you're a cat or a dog person, it must be very, very different within the furry community. <laughs> yeah, now, worth. Okay, so uh, the very last question. Now, this is a very important question here. Yeah. This comes in from my brother Sean Hunt. He says, James, how goes your life now that you have morphed into a white male? Well, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> so this comes from Justin Saroy, who actually accused us all of being white. White males, well, straight white males. I'd just like to bring up again that I felt very victimised when <laughs> he was saying all, this. all right, enough, enough, <laughs> enough, rubbish. Um, you know what? Life's just great. Now I'm white. I can do what I want. I can sit in the front of the bus. <laughs> oh, shut up. <laughs> so um, I'm not white. Fuck off. <laughs> no, you are all white. white. Shut up. All white. No, I'm not all white. <laughs> all white. No, you are just inside. <laughs> Cut me and I bleed white. <laughs> you're not from Alien. You're not Bishop from Aliens. <laughs> he bleeds acid. Yeah. Actually, do Filipino people bleed acid? Uh, get a knife. Let's find out. <laughs> so that's it for we'll Electro Letters this time. <laughs> Thanks, Thank everyone. you very much for your correspondence. You know what? We did have a really long one from Owen Lane again. What I think what we need to do is is like... Maybe all of his emails. Do a bonus and dramatically read them. They're they're fantastic, but they're so long, Owen. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no. They're so long. We enjoy them, but give us a little bit shorter. And for goodness sake, spell checker. Please, can you spell check? Um, Oh, my God, man. We just (laughs) tried to read it, and it was... I mean, we could have deciphered it. Maybe next time we'll we'll, we'll decipher it first. It was like it was like trying to crack the Da Vinci Code, which actually, <laughs> if Tom Hanks can do it, to be fair, that's but, a piece of piss. Man. Yeah, but okay. Anyway, that's it, guys. Some really great ones there. Um, I, it's it's actually given me a lot of inspiration. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm definitely going to be having a lockpick helmet from now on. Totally. Oh, yeah, yeah, I need man, to get my next on. character needs to be called Hammerstrike. Toe we, diplomacy boot. Yeah, and we found out that the Filipinos bleed acid. Yeah. Oh, I feel weak. <laughs> so yeah cheers thanks so much for the correspondence we really really do appreciate that um, so that's it man let's go on to the outro woo <laughs> it's so exciting <laughs> woo <laughs>
I'm so excited for the outro. <laughs> Savage. Okay, so uh, thanks, guys. That is it for another episode. If you want to contact us, you obviously can do. You actually can. You can do it. Um, we've got an email address, which is tabletoptwats at gmail.com. Correct. We've also got Facebook, which is .com forward slash tabletopt. And we've got Twitter. Which is at tabletoptwats, And naturally. we're on Google Plus, and you can find us at the Nerds International Community. Um, one show to check out there is Veiled Fury Entertainment, where I recently did an interview over there, which is just all about stuff I do. We also talked about Nazis and paedophiles in the same episode. Wow. No way. <laughs> so if you want... Uh, so if that doesn't sound riveting, I don't I'm know I'm going to watch is. the flip out of that. So, so obviously you need to donate to us. You need to. <laughs> you need to. No, no, no. No, no, no. no you don't, you don't, you don't need to. to. You don't if you would like nothing. to. But if you would like to... To chuck Sling us a buck. buck. We're on patreon.com forward slash tabletop twats. Yeah. And this is what keeps the show going. We really, oh, yeah. really do appreciate your donation. You really do know do. That, that apparently Explosion Perfect, that's Patreon money. Yeah we, yeah, we couldn't have done this episode without you. I'm that's sorry. what we always do. It's always, whatever we review, Recycled. it's always comes back in here. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we don't spend it on hosting fees or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Nick actually pays for that. So this is a pocket. negative profits podcast. Yeah, it is. We, yeah. So we, we run off of our donations, yeah. Yeah, so we run off our donations. So thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate you keeping the show alive. Yep. And uh, that leaves one last thing, obviously, because when this show ends, we know that you've got fuck all going on in your life and you need something <laughs> to ponder on. Yeah. You know, while the week goes. You watch the wall yeah while you watch the wall um so obviously um i've got a little thought of the week for you um you know to keep you going something yeah. to think about before the next episode comes out and that is does <laughs> lightning mcqueen buy car insurance or life insurance <laughs> but at least <laughs> i know it's not one of my best ones it's not one of my best ones sorry steve sorry um so <laughs> last well done, well done, Lex. Yeah, thank you. So my last, uh, last thing to be said was, um, I was out at market recently, and um, uh, I was, I was just down, down the market, and uh, I found the little um, magical mirror, right? And yeah. I looked in the mirror, and while I was looking in there, my face was distorting, and it turned into a little uh, Japanese demon, a little Ao Oni, if you will. And I looked into the mirror, and and I said, but demon, I require your advice. And the demon turned to me, and he simply said two words and then words were get out of here blow my ass blow my ass ass.